Handing down the order for the first part of the court case referred to as Part A was High Court Judge Vincent Saldana with the concurrence of Judge Josia Dolamo. As we indicated, we will hand out an order this morning with reasons to follow in due course. Uh, This is the order. One, the relief sought by the applicant under Part A, save for that of cost, is dismissed. Two, the issue of cost stands over to be determined in the proceedings under Part B. If such proceedings are not pursued, the cost of Part A will be determined by this court. Three, the parties may may between themselves settle a timetable with regard to the proceedings under Part B and may approach either the judge president of this division or this court to make such timetable an order of court. I concur. Is so ordered. The Constitutional Review Committee co-chairperson Lewis Nzimande welcomed the outcome. Uh, particularly because we've always been of the view that uh, they, they are not agents. There was no agency to the matter because they've had all the time we've done all the work Transparently, we've consulted sufficient enough. They were part of all the, the proceedings that we, we, we held to the public. The ANC's Vincent Smith says he sees it as a victory to unite the nation through land reform. Yeah, I think, I think we've indicated as the committee, we always argued that uh, we were confident in the work that we've done. Uh, it's not a victory just for Parliament, but I think it's a victory for South Africans that we can continue with the land reform and the uniting of our country. The NFP's Sibusi Somnwabe, who is a member of the committee, and the UDM's Mneti Sifiltani welcomed the order. Well, in our view, um, this was a very dishonest application in the first place. We are excited that the court has come to this conclusion. It was a dishonest in a sense that Afri Forum have been with us since day one when we started the process. They've been observing everything. Now, if you look at their arguments, even their submissions, it tells you that they were trying to push the court to be on their side in terms of achieving what they've presented on their arguments. This is a huge uh, political battle for the people of South Africa. Those who were butchered four centuries ago, those who are still lingering around and hoping to get land, it's a very significant step in that we're handling this matter as a legislative arm of government. And now if the courts say we are on track in order to give relief of the much-needed land for our people, then there's two arms. Who can still stand against us? But Afri Forum's Kali Krill says this is not the end of the road. Uh, well, we also always knew it was a possibility because this was on technical grounds if the matter is urgent or not. So we see this as not the end of the fight. It's only the beginning of the fight. Uh, We will be going ahead full scale with our bigger court case with regard to the merits, whether Parliament and its committee has ignored democratic inputs of our country's citizens. Uh, We believe they did so. We believe we have a strong case. Black First, Land First, which will join Part B of the matter, was also at court. PLF chairperson in the Western Cape, Nedisa Mbemnyama, reacted to the order. Yeah, it's, it's, it's progressive. We are, I believe Afriforum should not even have been here. Uh, but we are more interested in the land expropriation, uh, the review committee, and our position, which says that this is a delay tactic by politicians to get votes in 2019. We want something that will be quick 
and make sure that we get the land as soon as possible. That whole process is a review, it's not an amendment. So we still have a long process to go through and we don't believe it's going to happen. The debate and consideration of the committee report for final approval will take place on Tuesday in both the National Assembly and the NCOP. And that report by our parliamentary correspondent Mercedes Percent. Well, we're joined on the line now by Afri Forum CEO Kali Creel. Thanks so much for speaking to us this afternoon, Mr. Creel. Uh, good afternoon to you, ma'am. It's a pleasure speaking to you. So you have indicated that, of course, this is not the end of the road as far as Afri Forum is concerned. So what exactly do you intend uh, to do moving forward in this case? Well, the... the the bigger part of our case is that uh, there has been uh, an, uh, a situation where people's inputs uh, were disregarded. You had the Constitutional Review Committee inviting people to make written inputs, and in the end, they uh, simply ignore that. So that remains the problem. And of course, the court case today did not look at those merits. Uh, the court simply had to decide, uh, is this an urgent case? To go ahead now, uh, we would have wanted it to be urgent, but we accept uh, the ruling that the court did it's not urgent. So that means that we are now going ahead with our main argument. Um, so nothing is real. The court has not spoken with regard to the merits. We believe we have a strong case, and uh, we will now go ahead with that case to make sure that we get the situation where citizens of our country aren't simply ignored by politicians. Um, that should not be that's in nobody's interest if people are called to make inputs and then those inputs are disregarded. So let's just unpack that for a moment, Mr. Creel. When you say that those submissions were ignored, what exactly do you mean by that? Uh, just unpack for us what you feel the merits of that particular argument are. Yes, they, they were literally hundreds of thousands of written inputs to Parliament. Um, the committee did not look at it. They outsourced it uh, to an outside company. There were also mistakes in the appointment made to that company. And in the end, that company um, did not include uh, more than 100,000 inputs that were made by, by our members. And we believe that is not fair. We want to open democratic process and not a process where um, the public participation is made a farce by politicians who simply want to drive through the agenda and ignoring people. And that is what we are fighting for at the moment. Remember, people might differ with this issue, but next time if there's an issue that's important to them and they make inputs and it's simply ignored, it will also be to their detriment. So it's in the interest of democracy that we make sure that the Parliament and the committees adhere to the Constitution that says we are a participative democracy and that they at least should um, look at the inputs of people that went through the trouble of making those inputs. So am I understanding you correctly in that um, I hear you saying that every single word, every submission of every person who actually made their voice heard should actually be heard and also it should be factored into the final decision. Is that what you are saying? Well, at least it should be considered. Of course, um, but if it's considered and the committee decides otherwise, then at least they considered it. But um, it's clear that it was mentioned that more than 100,000 inputs were not considered. 
and and that is unfortunate, and that is uh, why we are starting uh, with this process. But of course, it's, uh, that won't change. Even if Parliament goes ahead with its debate, the fact remains that the process is flawed, and uh, we will be able to take on this process uh, in the near future, and we are looking forward to that stage. Mr. Creel, at the risk of uh, sounding like we're splitting hairs here, when you say that those 180,000 applications were actually not looked at, what do you mean? Do you mean they were not opened, they were not read, they were not considered? What exactly do you mean? Um, It was simply uh, announced that it were were duplicates, and it wasn't uh, duplicates. Uh, What happened is uh, we mobilized our membership base uh, through our website, to make inputs where they put on the individual names and it went through our website to Parliament. And we would have expected uh, uh, the Parliament of a democracy to make sure and um, where those inputs come from and not simply determine that they are duplicates. It's not duplicates, it's uh, inputs made by individuals. Right. Uh, so you say you are going to um, go and take this further with regard to testing the merits of this case in the courts. But uh, further to that, as the question pertains to expropriation of land um, without compensation, is AfriForum opposed to this? Yes, most definitely. Uh, we are in favor of property rights. Um, um, Seven percent of our members are farmers, so it means that 93 percent of our members aren't farmers and don't have land. But it also affects them, as we saw in Zimbabwe. Uh, When you you disrespect property rights by taking property without paying for it, uh, you destroy a country's economy, and that we've seen in Zimbabwe now with a 90 percent unemployment rate. So every one of us, people like myself living in cities, will be negatively affected uh, when our economy is armed by the fact that international investors don't invest if your constitution don't protect property rights. So therefore, we believe our fight is not simply on behalf of a few property owners. It's on behalf of all people that want our country's economy to prosper so that we all can, can have a good life for our children. And that is why we are going to fight this matter till the end. Well, just please explain to me your understanding of how this is likely to affect property rights. Well, if you're going to change the constitution to say you're allowed to expropriate property without compensation, um, and remember, Section 25 of the constitution does not only refer to land. Um, you have a situation where property rights um, aren't protected, and that's of course, um, even if you don't go ahead by taking it, by simply sending out that message, uh, you would have people stop um, investing in a, in a country where they don't know if their property is going to be protected. But, but it's dangerous to conflate the two, uh, Mr. Creel, because I think uh, we ought to be careful and not irresponsible in sending out an alarmist message that uh, seeks to suggest that people uh, will have their properties taken away, as opposed to a different message that says, well, if this goes ahead, you may, you may find yourself in a situation whereby investment will be negatively affected. So um, don't you think that it's important that you actually discern between those two and make sure that you are clear in your articulation so as not to be alarmist? 
No, we're definitely not being alarmist. I spoke to large international investors yesterday that are worried about this. Uh, we've already seen our country going into a recession, while um, if you look at other economic uh, fundamentals in our country, our economy should be growing. So it already has a detrimental effect. And we cannot wait till we get to a situation uh, where there's despair before we bring this forward. Um, it's not alarmist. Um, the fact is you have the parliamentary committee saying the constitution should be changed to allow for expropriation of compensation. That is their proposal.